Welcome to the Lager Talks podcast with myself, Remy. Me, Jimmy. And Maya. This podcast is about beer, but not just about the beer itself. It is about all the trappings that come with it, the friends, the relaxation and the general good times. In short, it's about the social element as well as the drink itself. Before we begin, I'd like to say we are not experts, rather amateur enthusiasts, who are using this as an outlet in lockdown. Please do call us out if we say anything factually incorrect on the technical beer side. Each episode we will try a beer that we will review by the end of the podcast, discuss a main topic and have a feature. This week's topic is our favourite holiday beers. The feature is the blind taste and the beer we are trying is Superbock as it's a great holiday beer. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> okay. <coughs> it's got right down the back of my throat. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We really aren't beer experts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now it's time for the main event. The main topic, the holiday beer. A mythical creature desired in the run-up to a trip, savoured at the time and hopefully joyfully reminisced about afterwards. It isn't just the beer itself, but the place, who you're with and maybe even the phase of your life you're in. So let's begin. Uh, Maya, do you want to go first? Yeah, happy to go first. Very uh, aware that I probably will have the least of the three of us. So the first holiday beer that I want to mention was consumed when I was 13. Ooh. Yes. Now, this this story is actually a two-parter. Good. Um, when I was younger, we used to go camping every year to a lovely part of Wales. And while we were there, there was a kind of a lot of kids that just used to hang out together. Um, and there was a shop at the top of the hill from where we camped. And I was in there one day uh, looking for a dandelion and burdock. When I noticed that they were selling... Sophisticated. (laughs) (laughs) I was 13. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 13. I was 13. Can't stress that enough, the underage drinking. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I noticed next to the can of Dandelion and Burdock, there was a can that said Shandy. I was like, ooh, what's that? And so I looked at the back of the can and it said that it contained 0.1% alcohol. But there was nothing on it saying that you had to be 18. So I was like, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to drink it. It was kind of like, I assume now they've definitely stopped making them because it would make children want to drink alcohol. Are you talking about a Shandy Bass? Yeah. You still get those. Can you? Or was it that low percentage though? Was it like a panache type thing? Was it a blue blue tin? Like a normal Coke can size tin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a little... 330, yeah. Shandy Bass. Yeah. Made by, made by Britvik, I believe, I think. Yeah. Go so on. I had one of those and I was like, wow, this that was my first ever taste of beer in my okay. whole life. And talk us through it. And I hated it. It tasted absolutely disgusting. And you I, sound like a therapist. And I, <laughs> and I really, really didn't enjoy it. But as I came outside with said Shandy, there were some boys who were also camping on the same campsite that we'd sort of made friends with, um... There was a group of us that always used to hang out together. And these two boys were from London, which for me at that time was extremely exotic. Um, And we sort of started talking to them. They were the same age as us. So I'd like to make it very clear that they weren't older. Nice. And one of them went, oh, you like beer, do you? And me... (laughs) 
and me being a 13 year old i was like yeah do yeah i love it love beer and they were like well we're actually going to get some some beers and go and go to the beach later do you want to come and i thought yeah i'm gonna go to put this into perspective the beach is right next to the tents so it wasn't like i was going away with some strange people we were in a large group and I knew where their parents were camped. It's so, quite a nice beach as well. And it's a very nice there. beach. We have since been there camping. Yeah. It's a very And relive this relive the memory first hand. <laughs> I actually drank like twenty five shandy buses on the first <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, did you have a shandy? Or? Yeah, had a couple of shandies with the lads. Um so <clears throat> between the campsite and the beach there are some sand dunes. And we decided to go into the sand dunes and make a fire. And that is where I was given my very first can of Stella Artois. Ooh. Mm. That fell off a cliff quickly. Yeah. (laughs) That had been stored in a hot tent on that lovely August day uh, that I drank from the can. And I think it took me about three hours to drink it because I thought it was so utterly disgusting. (laughs) So... So you, in this story, you've had two beers. Yeah. Which it's... one is? Are they both the, the like... best? The best holiday beer. Because <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if I'm you, I'm like, why the fuck? They all taste like shandy. Yeah. What's wrong with these people? More lemonade, less beer. That's clearly the solution. Yeah, I mean, I do think that it probably the experience probably did maybe uh, enlighten my taste of beer for a while because I I don't think I drank beer after that for possibly five years um it just wasn't really for me went straight to spirits yeah i did actually on that trip (laughs) one of the girls mums bought us a quarter bottle of vodka that we shared between 10 of us was it glenn's vodka i think it was glenn's vodka so it was one of those tiny bottles like 250 mil between 10 of us so we all had the equivalent of a single shot But I remember at the time being like, oh my God, I'm drinking vodka. It was a crazy summer for me. Sounds like a crazy weekend. (laughs) I hold both of those holiday beer memories very, very fondly, even though the actual taste of the beer was not Hmm. not one I liked. It it was almost a sort of coming of age experience. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, when I was that age, we didn't really go on abroad holidays. So I never got to experience the sort of teenage drink that you can have abroad Mm. um so that was kind of my equivalent i think and i've gone back to that campsite many times since i've gone to the pub and had some of the wonderful beers that they have there and definitely enjoy the experience a lot more but i will say that my opinions on stella have remained what about men from london (laughs) (laughs) what do you think about them found any of those at the campsite so the two (laughs) So the two boys who were from London were cousins and one of them had dyed their hair bright blue and one of them had dyed their hair bright red. And to me, that was like the coolest thing. So yeah, that's kind of probably my, my honourable my honorable mention. Okay. As my first holiday beer. Yeah, I like that. And such a sort of coming of age story. But I'd have to say that my favourite holiday beer was in Cologne drinking Kolsch. Yeah, Kolsch, yeah. Kolsch, however you want to say Kolsch it. Kolsch will probably come up quite a lot in this conversation. <laughs> There's Remy's involved as well. Yeah. Everyone likes Kolsch. Everyone likes Kolsch. Yeah, so we went to Cologne in 2018, 
Remy and I. We went for my birthday, which consequently also falls on Eurovision weekend. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, yeah big, it was big to be fair. Big Eurovision fans in this household. So yeah, so we were there for the weekend. We had had a very chilled time, sort of just drinking a, a lot of Kolsch. I could pick any one of those instances as my favourite Kolsch, but the one I'm going to pick as the favourite one that I had was on the night of Eurovision. And we we had tried to watch Eurovision kind of... One of the bars had a big like screen set up outside and they were making a big party of it but it was really crowded we couldn't really see the screen it was way too busy it was way too busy and as the diehard eurovision fan that i am it wasn't good enough yeah it wasn't good enough so we had gone to a very small gay bar that when we entered it was just us and two other people uh that throughout the night had got a bit busier and we were sat on a small table watching Eurovision and there was a table uh, that was a couple next to us. And the thing is, in Cologne, it's really weird. Um, you have to pay for everything in cash. And we it's just, just had Germany because they have strict privacy laws about credit cards. Yeah, and we just hadn't really accounted for that. And so we ran out of cash quite quickly yeah. and Remy needed to go and get some cash out. Now, the nearest cash point turned out to be a 40-minute round trip. It didn't help. I was I was pissed. Yeah, so I was full of colch. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was full of colch. Yeah. Like it was not a quick journey. So while for the beginning of that night, I had actually been drinking spirits and mixers. When Remy left to go to the cash point, I didn't have very much money left, and the only thing that I could afford was a colch. I was sat at this table alone. As you know, colch comes in kind of small glasses, so it wasn't like a pint. It was a I, I guess it's even less than a half pint. It's uh, 200 mils. Yeah. So I was sat nursing this 200 mil when the couple on the table next to me turned round and said, has your brother gone to another bar and left you? <laughs> they thought I'd gone to pick men up. Yeah, to which I had to explain that... You were like his keeper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not He's only... full of course. Now, just let him go find someone else. <laughs> yeah. He's got that courage up. Off he goes. <laughs> yeah. Not only was he not my uh, brother, but he was my boyfriend. Um, and I ended up having a drink with them and they were really lovely. And then through that, another guy came in and he started talking to us. And he actually worked for the German federal... Yeah, he worked for the federal government. For... I don't really know what he did. For the federal government. And he kept buying us buying us Kolsch and also shots Is Remy of... back by this point? Yeah, Remy. Because yeah. otherwise, like, Remy's not in any of these stories. All the best yeah. here is when you're not there. <laughs> yeah, yeah Remy, Remy was back by this point, drinking the Berliner left and the Kolsch with me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just a really great night. The guy was really friendly. Fantastic beer. So that's your favourite holiday beer? Yeah, okay. definitely. So is that because... What's the major factor here? Um, how, how the, fucking... the tiny volume of beer you have to drink. <laughs> yeah, the tiny volume. I love... So, to focus on the beer, I love Kolsch because, yes, it comes in small glasses. So, mm. I can't drink pints very quickly, so I don't have to deal with it getting all warm and stuff like that. It stays nice. The other good thing is it means that when we go drinking together, because you drink at such a faster rate than me, you can drink as many as you want and there's not the same because they bring it all to your table there's, there's not no the, disparity yeah, yeah. It's, it just doesn't feel as sort of like oh I've, and now i've got it down my drink the other holiday beer that i was going to mention was super bock but as we're drinking that today 
I'll save I'll save mm. that for later for when we okay. talk about the beer. And which do you remember which of the Colshes was your favourite? Oh, it was a green one. Yeah, the green one I thought was worse. Now I can't remember the name of all yeah. the ones. I only remember the name of the red branded one called. I Fru. remember yeah, and I remember the blue one was called Scion. Yeah, or, or Sean. Or Sean. I don't know or how Sean, you say it. But I don't really know how the Germans say that. <laughs> I don't know how they say it. I don't remember what the green one was called, but I remember that the green one was my fave. What, what about you, mate? I came up with a few. I, I imagine some of ours are going to be pretty similar, Rem, as well, to be honest. Um, I kind of wrote down a few favourite beers, but also kind of noted some... Ones that were memorable, but for all the wrong reasons as well. Um, I mean, one of the, 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 the most recent, and it's not an individual beer, but a place would have to be when we went to Lithuania. Because, and I, I don't know if you remembered going to Vilnius and some of the various beers we had out there. In all fairness, the selection of beers in Vilnius was actually amazing. It was probably one of the better places I've ever been for it. Yeah, I, and it, it almost completely changed my kind of opinion of beer almost as well. When I came back... I had a real hankering for like the next 12 months for more like lager style beers, <laughs> which is really bizarre. Whereas, you know, it was just like the idea, I don't know, they just make good, clean, crisp beer, basically. What was your favourite um, one, Jim? What was your favourite? Uh, again, it's probably going to have to be all the culture we drank out there. Yeah, it was, I think <clears throat> it's weird. So I did some reading and into this afterwards and actually the dominant beer culture in Lithuania seems to be like farmhouse beer, or I think in France and Belgium they refer to it as beer de garde, um, which is usually like quite cloudy mm. uh, and is like brewed by farmers to make like the most efficient use of their crop for that year. Um, but when we went there, a lot of it, there was such a wide variety. There was like Kulsh, Lager, yeah. Pilsners, the farmhouse, lo- like loads of stuff. Like they seem to brew everything under the sun in that, that place for such a small country. Yeah, and, and we went to quite a there was a couple of really good little bars, didn't they, that had really good variety as well. Um, yeah, definitely. Where, where was it you had that? Was it a farmhouse beer, the one you had, that was pretty heavy going? Oh, so this this is actually one of my favourite ones. Yeah, the, the it's... Oh, I can never remember how you're supposed to pronounce it, but it's Gruit. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, Gruit or something, yeah. But but the bar is... Um, was it Spunkers or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get that wrong. Don't Google that. <laughs> But yeah, that was one of, and it was that tiny like, you know, it, hole in the wall kind of bar. Yeah, yeah, like if you couldn't fit three of us standing abreast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My kind of polar opposite to that was like going to Bulgaria, like two years before, and just all the beer. Just it's the same beer in different bottles. I Named mean, it's shit. It's it's just shit, and it's it's generic, <laughs> and it's just the same beer. I mean, I got to the point where. You weren't asking for what it was. It was, can I have a green one? Or can I have one of the blue ones? Because it was just the same, you know, in different bottles or cans. It was ridiculous. That was, again, it was a lot of beer, but nothing really stood out there. I don't know if you tried anything. It was like that bad type of beer, that bad lager. How do I describe it? It's like, it's a bit metallic. Mm. um, And it... It doesn't really taste of anything. Inoffensive. But yeah. so, Sounds like so, I so, would so... love it. Sounds like I would absolutely love that. Yeah, but so inoffensive that it is offensive, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with an inoffensive beer that you can just have a drink on. But like I would say, the, the Superbock maybe falls into that category. I'm sure we'll discuss that later. But this stuff was bland. 
Yeah, mm. and it was kind of, you know, cheap as chips. Cheaper than chips, mate. <laughs> like, it was something like Chip, chips are a bloody delicacy yeah. out there. <laughs> it was like thirty p a beer or something like that. It was, it was disgusting. I can't, I can't remember exactly, but um, yeah, no, the beer there was truly awful. Yeah, it was a stinker. But yeah, on the other side of it, kind of moving away from Europe, I have some fond memories of when I lived over in Malaysia and stuff. Beer out there, well, not necessarily Malaysia. Tigers, pretty boring but at the same time you pay quite a high premium in malaysia to drink beer but going around vietnam and places like that in thailand one of the ones i wrote down was chang when we were talking about this earlier oh, yeah. um, drinking shit like just the volume of beer you used to drink as well mm. um and again there's nothing special about it but it's more like the whole point of this is not about the beer being special more about the times being special and things like that there's a couple of i remember one time sitting in phuket and we it was like six of us sat around it was terrible terrible weather and we sat basically from like on this woman's porch and she just kind of like fed us bottles of beer and food and we played monopoly deal for must have been four or five hours (laughs) and i just remember like just sitting there for hours we must have god knows how many bottles of chang we drank and at the end of it she like gave us what you could call a receipt it worked out to be about four pound fifty each incredible do you ever Um, hear about the the idea of the danger chang yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was one of the, the things I wrote down. So the idea that you have a Chang over, and that's because obviously, supposedly, the factory is so unregulated. You've got no idea what ABV you're getting because depends who's on the mix that day. It could be like the 4.5%, but if he's a bit sloppy with the ingredients, it could be, you know, 8 or 9%. So you might have one that blows your socks off. I, I did for a while think that might be true because sometimes you'd wake up and have such awful, awful hangovers and you think, God, what did I do that was different to the, the other day? Nothing. It must be, I got one of those dodgy beers. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it's actually all complete rubbish. Yeah, it's a good it's a good scapegoat, isn't it? For if your hangover's a bit worse than usual. Yeah. Oh, it must have been the beer. Yeah. Not... Must, I just must have had a specifically bad beer, not the amount I drank or me. It's, it's yeah. the beer. <laughs> I did have a really bad experience and I... And, of beer in Malaysia and it was when I went back on holiday with Anna a couple of years later it was like the la- the night be- the, the second to last night we were there and I met up with the guy I used to live with Mark and we went to have a couple of pints and um, I thought it'd be a good idea to have pints of Kilkenny oh and my kind- god yeah he kind of looked at me like why are you drinking Kilkenny in Malaysia like it's not gonna be I was like it's fine it's lovely beer like it's all you know it's It'll be grand. How much Trade was up. a Kilkenny in Malaysia as well? Well, it's all about the same because it's, it's syntax. So, you know, same as a tiger, basically, which is works about £5.50 a pint. So, yeah, had half a dozen pints of Kilkenny. And my God, was I not well the next day. <laughs> so, yeah, that one definitely blamed the beer. Yeah. I was ill. Really ill. <laughs> <laughs> what would you narrow down as your favourite then, overall? A really good beer experience was... When we went to Budapest, Anna and I, and we did uh, went to the, um, you know, the public baths you have out there. Mm-hmm. But we went to this, we did this stupid beer bath experience, and you got like an hour in like a private little room, but you had like beer on tap, and that was quite cool because you kind of sit there in a little sauna, a bath, basically drinking beer. That was good fun. In terms of actual real beer, you may have to come back to me on that. say that definitely the group in Gruit, Greet in Vilnius that mm-hmm. w- was unbelievable it was also there was something just really nice about it as well because 
We were like, away with your mates. It was really cold outside. It was somewhere that like we just kind of really picked by pointing at the map. None of us really had any preconceptions about Lithuania. Yeah. Other than the fact it was an ex-communist state. Uh, and great for beer. Yeah, yeah, great for beer. Uh, and I mean, it was this tiny little bar and the fire was raging and stuff. And I saw this beer that was like had rosemary. It was either rosemary or thyme. I always get them mixed up. I think it was thyme. Yeah, was it thyme? Okay, it was thyme. And I had it and I never had anything like that before. So Gruit is like a style that's was largely quite lost but it was quite predominant before hops were used in beer so they used like herbs and stuff like that as like the flavor profile uh, and it was amazing and i thought it was really nice so that was really good i did think of a stereotypical favorite holiday beer that i think quite a lot of people have yeah if anyone's ever gone to ireland and then they have like the guinness and ireland but they always come back and they're always like you know what, boys? That Guinness and Ireland, it was just so fresh. It was just, it was just so fresh. And you, you could taste the freshness. Oh, I hate Guinness. Now, I don't know why, whether that's because a lot of the way Guinness is kept... Well, just because we, we all go to shit pubs half the time. Mm. And they keep the Guinness like piss. But that's kind of a stereotypical one. Then I had another one. When we went... Do you remember when we went to Dan Stagdu? Oh, God. It was the... Um, <laughs> We went to Prague, and in the centre of Prague, there's this like the, old the dark beer. Yeah, and they do this dark beer, and I can't remember what it's called. And obviously, it was great because we were on a stag dinner with the mates; it was amazing. But what I would say about that beer was it tasted nutritious. Oh. I don't know how <laughs> to describe it, but that's why it was good. Watching people whack pints of it is not nutritious, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> Watching Danny basically pass out as he's wrapped in cling film whilst trying to drink pints of it was not nutritious no but it, it kind of had a great aesthetic as well it came out on those like yeah. glasses with a handle it had like a significant head on it, it was... they'd sling them at you across the table yeah. go all over the place yeah. they'd be like you're gonna you're an idiot you'll spend loads of money here like that was quite good and then another one I also had was um, Yebishu I think it's Yebishu the, the Japanese beer you know with like the little guy sat cross-legged on it yeah, 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 yeah. That was not my favourite beer in Japan. And the one good memory I have of that is... You you didn't rate the Heineken. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I'll be honest. I was... I, now, I actually... Obviously a bit of a nause. But the first game we went to, we went to France Tonga in... I think it was Kumamoto. And we got into the ground. And we queued up for a beer. And it was fucking Heineken. And I basically had a meltdown. I was like, what the fuck is this all about? Why have we come to Japan to drink? You had to embrace the Heineken. I know. It's the only thing you could do. And it was like warm. Warm, delicious Mm. Heineken, a nice hangover. Um, But yeah, so Yebishu, I thought it was the maltiest of the Japanese beers. and I really liked it. Driven all day to go see Fiji Wales. Fiji were robbed. To clarify, you're talking about the rugby world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like semi rad rad was unbelievable. <laughs> and then I had to drive us into the mountains afterwards in the pitch black. Obviously, I hadn't been drinking. And then when we got there to this like little hotel place, and then it was like two o'clock in the morning and no one was up and we were like knackered. And Sam, my mate, was like, oh, we should just use the little private onsen here. And like this onsen was literally like a square, like a tiny square. So we go in there, have a beer, all in silence, and then all bollock naked, sit in this tiny little onsen and have a beer. <laughs> um, and there was something weirdly peaceful and nice about that. When I was like 14, I went on holiday with my mum and dad to India. Basically, there was this big thing going on in India at the moment that Coca-Cola supposedly w- was bad because... Uh, supposedly the, yeah no <laughs> because the farming industry in india had been using this like really aggressive um pesticide that just ran off into the river and killed everything but it also 
went into the Coca-Cola factory. Supposedly, the process didn't get rid of it. So mm. Coca-Cola was bad. My mother heard this. And that was obviously meant immediately it must have been gospel. So we're having re- dinner. And I was like, I'll have a Coke. Because I was a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> Loved a Coke. And then mum was like, no. No, you can't have Coke, Remy. And I was like, why? And she was like, because of the pesticide. Like, it'd be really bad for you. And I was like, all right, then what can I have? And she was like, well, you can't have that water then. And then my dad was like, how about you just have a Kingfisher, Remy? I was like, okay. I'll, 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 try, I'll try one of these. I'll, I'll try one of these bad boys. And then we're in this busy restaurant in the middle of Mysore. And I had maybe a third or half of a big bottle of Kingfisher. And I got a bit loud and boisterous. And um, they had to take this. now. Yes. They, they had to take the second half of the bottle away from me because I was causing too much of a scene. And my mother and father were somewhat embarrassed. <laughs> and then I, I got sent back onto the waters. So we've both told kind of early beer stories. Mm. Mine is after I'd been camping in a tent in Wales for three weeks, drunk from a warm Stella can. Yeah. And yours is being in India with your driver. <laughs> Santosh. And, and, Santosh. And waiting staff. And yeah. waiting staff. <laughs> bringing you a big bottle of Kingfisher. Yeah. So that was a funny one. I, I did come up with one whilst you've been talking. I did think of one. Yeah, you go for you. I went skiing years ago. It was a, I'd never been skiing before. Had no clue what I was doing. I was going for like two days. Remy, I think I have told this story. And I kind of got there, and you know, people I was with thought I could stupidly thought I could ski. I hadn't lied and said I could ski. It just kind of like never come up. It'd be like, do you want to go skiing? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, on the way up in the ski lift, like, so James, what? what, what how good are you skiing? Oh, I've, I've never done it before. <laughs> <laughs> Which, silence in the ski lift. <laughs> what do you mean? I was like, well, I, I went on a dry slope in England for half an hour and I was all right. I'm like, hmm, great, great. You do know you're going to have to ski down. I was like, I'm sure it will be fine. <laughs> well, it wasn't fine. I obviously spent most of my face um but yeah so i quite enjoyed the two days of skiing somehow managed to pick it up by the second day which was quite good but when that was the first time i'd been out in germany and had proper like german beer and then one of the people out there was like you need to have a hells it was like it will change your life in terms of beer and i would say the organstina hells we had out there was incredible yeah it's nice when you have it out there i although i i this might be controversial Mm. I actually thought, now I didn't have it skiing, so maybe it's particularly good if you have it halfway up the mountain in the middle of Bavaria. But last time I went to Munich, I had an Eyinger. Oh, yeah, okay. Unbelievable, Jeff. <laughs> Unbelievable. I thought it was so scrumptious. Um, Rem, did you think of anything? Yeah, I've got another mention, another honourable mention. <laughs> Sorry. Of course you have. So this is actually in a place called Rosilla. Thomas Watkins, who are my, my favourite Welsh brewery, did a beer called Worm's Head and we'd like been out all day and we'd like walked the cliff walk to get to Rosilli and had a couple of pints in there in this pub on this peninsula. I don't really remember what it tasted like. I just remember <laughs> it being refreshingly ale and after being like weather beaten it was delicious and I loved it and the sun was going down and then as we walked home we thought we'd walk along the beach as opposed to the cliffs above uh, and then the tide came in and we had to do the we second half of that, like, running, on the rocks. Yeah, running, scrambling piss. on the rocks. Yeah, that was good. But I think probably my... Very relaxing. Fa- yeah. I think probably my favourite beer, holiday-wise, would be the Greed. All the beers, Rem, I was going to ask, is there any of your beers that would you class as an ale? 
or is everything a broad fizzy? Full stop. Um, so the Worm's Head one is an ale because I was one holiday in the UK, whereas most of the other stuff, to be honest, I always just assume it's fizzy. I mean, I do. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't call the black beer in Prague fizzy or, or lager. I suppose. Yeah. Although I think. I did look into it ages ago. It has... I, I can't remember if it is bottom-fermented or not. It's its not flat, is it? No, exactly. And then, yeah, most of the holiday beers I have, I guess they are more on the little lager pilsner side, purely because... That's what people drink. Yeah, exactly. That's what people drink. I think I am going to have to give an honourable mention as well, just because it hasn't been said, to the airport beer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, the the mm. shit... Weatherspoons. The 5am job. 5am, £10 pint that you buy in the airport with the anticipation. Maya, if you're really lucky, by the time you get to the airport, you've already had four on the way there. (laughs) And so by the time you get to Weatherspoons, you're like four deep. So do you both have your beer? Frothy. Yeah, ours ours is quite frothy too. It's quite quite a frothy one so if you would both like to describe its look frothy it's a bit cloudy isn't it it's not like a clear yeah how does it smell familiar i think (laughs) okay i'm gonna put this out there early i think it's a wheat beer Mm. okay i think i think you might be onto something i'm I'm getting some uh, 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 so i read this lately bananary esters so do you want to try it and tell me what you what you describe the the flavor profile as okay Germanic, I imagine. <laughs> mm. It's not a stereotypical wheat beer. Okay. So I don't, I don't think it's an Erdinger or any of those normal brands. Okay. It's a bit, it's a bit sharper. It's sharper. It's quite nice, and it's kind of a bit malty as well. Mm. So do you like it? Mm. Yeah. I think it's quite a nice beer. What style? So what you think it's a wheat beer? Is that what you're going for? The style of beer? It smells like a wheat beer. It smells a hundred percent like a wheat beer, yeah. and it's, it's got the cloudiness. Yeah, definitely. And the head's a bit like it would be on a on a wheat beer as well. So at the moment, yeah, I'm going to go with it's a wheat beer. Because, you know, you do get quite a lot of variety. But I had that Polish one the other day mm. that was was actually what, really lemony. What percentage do you think it is? Oh, let's have another taste. <laughs> Any excuse? <laughs> I reckon it's between... High? Yeah, I, I reckon not, f- not like super high, but above yeah. five. I think it's like... Sort of five and a half to six and a half, something like that. Okay. Ooh, that as high as that. Mm. Where do you think it's from? If I think about it logically, wheat beers are kind of predominantly from Central Europe. Right. Generally speaking. I think you're right about it's not a traditional, like, Erdinger wheat beer. I mean, we're probably going to look like complete idiots in a moment when it's revealed to be an Erdinger or something. Yeah. But... <laughs> Turns out we've like drunk fucking 28 pints of this before. I'm going to say Germany. You're going to get a... Austria. Okay. And in what situation would you like to drink this beer? Like, is it a summer beer? Is it, you know, what, what beer feelings does this conjure up for you? I must admit, I would only... I like the taste, but it's not one you want to get stuck into. It would be a, an early on beer... And then I probably wouldn't want to have more than two or three tops because it's quite bitter. They're isn't it? also very gassy as well. <laughs> yeah, it's bitter at the back, <clears throat> but it's quite refreshing at the start. Okay. Um, I think this would be really good. I think this would be dead nice, like in the summer, maybe after you'd gone on like a long walk or you'd done something like that, and it's your, like your first, your first beer drop. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. 
thumbs up or thumbs down? Well, I'm going to give up. it a thumbs up. Cool. And final guesses for what you think it is. You know, part of me is also thinking um, that actually this isn't, whilst wheat beers are from Central Europe, I'm part of me thinking it isn't. What, you're thinking someone's made it in a wheat beer style? Yeah, I reckon this is the kind of thing. You know um, Fine Ales from Scotland? Yeah, yeah. I think this is the kind of shit they might do. So I'm going to go a bit left field, even though I said it was from Austria. <laughs> I'm going to randomly say it's it's made by Fine Ales up in up in Scotland. Okay. That's my final Jimmy, guess. Jimmy, you've got German beer. Any last guesses? No real thoughts. Fields of wheat... So I, I'll, I'll tell you a few things about it, firstly. Okay. It's 8.5%. Fucking hell. Wow. <laughs> okay. Jesus, okay. Okay. It's Belgian. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could have thought about that. It describes itself as a strong blonde. Is it? Mm. Um, strong blonde. Duval? Duval? It is Duval. Duval. Oh, got any, it's not got any it's wheat got, in it. Because I don't think it's got any wheat in it. It's when not. you were saying that, I was like, I don't actually think this... Obviously, I'm not as knowledgeable about these things as you That's guys. That's weird. It does... I didn't think it was a wheat beer. No, it's not a wheat beer. So it's got water, It's a blonde. Malted it's a blonde, yeah. Sugar and the hops, yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. Well, Anna has picked the beer for next week already. Okay. So... We'll see. We'll see whether you guys do better next week. One thing I will say is, they do do nice bottles. Yeah, the bottle is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bottle yeah. is. Nice. To round it off, let's talk about the beer we have tried today. So, um, shall I rattle off a few facts and figures about Superbock? Oh yeah. Yeah, please do. Okay, cool. So, um, Superbock, the brewery was founded in 1927. It's the market leader in Portugal for those business keen amongst us since the 90s. and Wikipedia... See, I would have thought it would be Sagres. Well, well... Not that I know anything. We will get on to that, actually. Okay, all right. Uh, Sorry, my bad. No, 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 no. Interject uh, any time, by all means. Wikipedia reckons it's the most popular Portuguese beer in the world, but again, Superbock or Sagres are the two big ones, aren't they? And apparently, Superbock has a very big non-alcoholic presence in the Middle East that they tried to push in 2014. Um, so, Superbock is brewed in the Porto area, and Sagres is brewed somewhere around Lisbon. So it tends to be that actually is a bit of a north-south divide in Portugal. So people you go the past north. the Sagres like bottling plant factory. It's just next to the airport. So when you come out of Lisbon mm. Airport, it's like yeah. on the way to Lisbon. Yeah, well that's interesting. So yeah, it's basically not. It's, it's not. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was. <laughs> um, yeah, so in the north they drink Superbock, in the south they drink Sagres, uh, and it's now owned by Carlsberg. Shock horror. Um, in terms of the beer, it's five point two percent. The recipe is malted barley, unmalted maize, and barley. What I'm guessing they put in there to like make it lighter. Yeah, because uh, obviously it's not light, and none of the sugars would have germinate. Um, sugars would have come out, so it wouldn't be anti-alcohol. And it's got hops. So it just says hops on the bottle, but I looked on the website and the website mentioned hop extract, which I know quite a few people look down on. But um, Andex, if anyone loves a Bavarian beer, Andex uses hop extract or hopfen extract if you're (laughs) German. Um, Now, there is a weird thing I will bring up about uh, Superbock. Um, Now, I love this. this. This I loved when we first heard this. This is a very odd thing. And it applies to Superbock and Sagres. Um, we've learned it from our landlord, who is a genuine Portuguese. Supposedly, 
depending on where the moon is, it changes the flavour of both Sagres and Superbok. Yeah. Supposedly because... Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I suspect it's bullshit too. <laughs> Supposedly, it's something to do with impacting the pressure. Um, I honestly don't know where the Portuguese... So what you're telling me is that Superbok is tidal. Literally, that is the kind of thing that they're talking about. But supposedly, and our landlord, who who is not... A, he's not a big drinker. He's not a big drinker, but he's also not the kind well, of bloke who just believes any old shit. Yeah, he's not... Yeah. Um, he, he thinks it's genuine. He's like, sometimes it tastes nice, sometimes it doesn't. This is like the Portuguese version of Guinness is better in Ireland. <laughs> this is like the, exactly the same. Yeah, you've got to go Ireland oh, and have a pint of goose, mate. If you've not had goose side, you've not had Guinness. If you've not had Superbok when the moon is full, you've not had Superbok. That is the same nonsense that people talk when they've had too much beer. Supposedly, this is what is a real thing in Portugal. Um, and then before we kind of talk about put our views across about the Superbok. I had a quick look at Beer Advocate for mm. reviews, just to get what the mm-hmm. what the noises are saying. Uh, generally, I mean, I haven't added up all the scores, I'll be honest. Anecdotally, it looks like it scores generally less than three out of five. That shocks me. <laughs> a lot of people on it, so I, I did read some of the reviews. Yeah. Of course you did. A lot of... and, and left some of the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> and I left some reposts. Um, no, a lot of people are pretty upset. It is not in the box style. Um, and what is a box style? So, oh god, I can't remember this exactly, but um, there is no real definitive answer to that. Usually, they're a bit dark and they're quite strong, and they are from that sort of southwest region of Germany. But they do do a, they do do a, there is a different version of Superbock that is more in that style. Yeah, they do, a, they do a dark, a dark, they yeah. do a dark. And Bock originally, I can't remember what this is now off the top of my head, but it had some, it got its name from something about it being used to tide monks over when they were fasting. So I think it might be Martin Luther or someone like that. You know when they used to have the diets, which were like the councils to make decisions yeah, yeah, yeah. on stuff, or, on um, theological things. The monks or the religious people there weren't allowed to eat, and they used to drink bock to get them through it. So I think that's why it's a high percentage, because it would have made it more full of calories. Um, God knows what kind of crap you're coming out with if you're drinking bock and not eating anything. Oh, God. We've we've digressed onto yeah, theology yeah. Sorry. itself here, Sorry. you know. A lot a lot of people are upset about the bo- about the fact it's not a box style because it's clearly like a light generic lager. They're probably you know quite keen on it, and generally people have said it tastes a bit metallic and it's grassy. What do you so, both think? So my thoughts on Superbock are I. I love Superbock. I've been to both Lisbon and Porto and drank it in both locations and as well as Sagres. And I I prefer Superbock to Sagres. I definitely so do I pick it above it. Yeah. Um, as not as a non beer expert, I couldn't really tell you why, but I really rate Superbock. I think it tastes really light. It's very drinkable. It's inoffensive. Also, you know. I didn't mention it because I knew we'd be talking about it later, but it's one of my favourite holiday beers. We went to Porto in 2019. Yeah. Um, and it was a fantastic holiday in which we drank a lot of Superbock. And it's great. I mean, I do definitely think it does better for being drunk in a warm climate. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's refreshing. It's very refreshing. Yeah. yeah. So refreshing. I really like it. My final thoughts are, it is a beer that I would drink without needing to add lemonade to. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. High it's praise. no shandy bat. Yeah. <laughs> but it's better than, it's better than warm it's Stella. It's better than warm Stella. 
Jim, what do you reckon? Yeah, again, I think it's great. I think it's... I actually agree with Maya. I prefer it to Sagres. I, again, been to... You know, if we go to Lisbon and stuff all the time and I really enjoy it. I think it's a nice beer. I, you know, one of the reasons I picked the venue for my wedding was they had Super Bock on draft, which is ridiculous as it sounds. <laughs> That is a little bit of That a... has made me more excited than I already was for That's your precisely. wedding. That feels like a little bit of a spoiler. Yeah, yeah I've got a wedding spoiler. That's a spoiler. Like, we can't tell anyone about one that. Of the, one, oh. of, one, of one of the first questions. What have you on draft? <laughs> the yeah. Right, we're in. Okay? Doesn't matter anything else. You've got Superbock on draft, we'll go for it. Yeah. I, I don't think it, it deserves the criticism it gets. I think it's a fine beer. And, it, and, it's, and it's obviously one... 35 consecutive Portuguese gold medals. I mean, who can knock that? I remember having it in Portugal. Think about having it the last time I had it. I remember it was like the the pint they gave it me into literally looked like it come out of an advert. Yeah. yeah. You know, when it's got like the right amount of like, conversation on the outside. Down the side. <laughs> but yeah, my thoughts on Superbox, probably round off on those. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think it is better than Sagres. I think it's what makes it better is that. It's got a bit more like a bitter finish. Like I don't dislike Sagros, but I think it's more. It, I think it's definitely sweeter, and I like it when a beer is a little bit more, more more bitter, a little bit maltier. And yeah, I, I mean, it's difficult. Like obviously in this day and age, like the mass-produced beers, which definitely have their drawback, get a lot of shit. And I, I agree with a lot of. The I agree with the shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. You know, I agree with the thing. The the point. The problems with them. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's not my favourite beer ever, but I think yeah, it's it's quite nice. There's a reason it's got the market where it is, um, and I reckon yeah, in the sun, it's a pretty chill little holiday beer. I quite like yeah. it. It's nice. Great it's holiday beer. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to follow us, we have an Instagram, which is Lager Tops Podcast. We aim to be releasing these every two weeks, but we'll keep you all updated over on the Instagram. See you in a bit. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>